Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. To the president, Rick, uh, all the great uh, leadership qualities and uh, Johnny-on-the-spot type action that Texans are doing for those people that have been jackhammered in Houston, they start talking about this is the product of global warming. You know, they've got to they've milk it somehow. Guys, it's sad. It's pathetic. Hopefully your listeners and my readers are cued into uh, how they try to politicize everything. And I think you're right, man. I think somehow this is going to be <laughs> because of Donald Trump's hairspray somehow affected the ozone, which created this massive hurricane and killed people. I mean, that's, that's how they roll. I don't know if you saw this this morning, but they're complaining about Melania's stilettos that she was wearing when she landed in Texas. They've got nothing frickin' to talk about. But, you know, what's the interesting thing? I think so far I've only seen three or four deaths reported. When you contrast that with the New Orleans and other disasters, it kind of tells you a little bit of what's going on down there. Well, they're yeah, up, no, to, uh, up, to, up to 15, uh, Don. Oh, they're up to 15 report. now? 15. Okay. 15. Last I Still in all, if you consider the magnitude of what... Uh, oh, no uh, question. No question. You know... Uh, it's a, a, a matter, uh, but it, but it's an interest. I have a friend of mine who lives in a, a tower in Houston, and as his complaint is, he has nothing to do. Nobody is calling him to give him work. And I said, you should you should consider yourself lucky. You can sit down there and take a, a, a page out of Dan Perkins' book and write a book. So that's what he's going to do. But uh, can I ask? About who your audience is and where you get. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with you. This is Don Mazzola talking. Doug, give us give us give, give us some stats on your audience oh, and everything, my friend. Yeah, demographic according to Google is uh, 40 to 60 year olds that make about a buck fifty a year, college educated. We've got 213 million uh, page views on ClashDaily.com in a little over four years. So yeah, just you know, right of center, good old God and country type folks. Hmm. Well, that's what we need more of in this world, instead of what we're, what we're seeing out there in Berkeley and Charlottesville. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, those and guys, I, I think all that crap that's going on in Berkeley and Charlottesville. First of all, the Charlottesville thing. I think the more that we dig into it, the more we're going to see that we've been played. Uh, it's a page right out of the Saul Alinsky playbook for people to pose as, you know, radical Ku Klux Klan members and rock up to conservative rallies like they did George uh, Herbert Walker Bush at uh, Tulane University in 1972. This Jason Kessler guy who organized Unite the Right, I've never heard of them ever, and I'm, I scour the bowels of the Internet. Uh, uh, lo and behold, when Obama ran for president, he voted for him, and uh, right up to 2016, he was an Occupy Wall Street activist, and then, boom, his deep-seated uh, racism that we've been told is uh, white-eyed devils that's hard to eradicate and it's deep-seated, he all of a sudden experiences a miracle and becomes uh, an, <laughs> a white supremacist. I'm calling BS on that. I think this was planned and organized. It was more orchestrated than Pelosi's bowel movements. And uh, I think all the supposed, I think all the supposed hate is ginned up crap and small little enclaves. And America uh, really doesn't feel that, except for in these, uh, you know, hotbeds of uh, radical leftism and stuff. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, Dan, do you have any anything for Doug? Well, we've got him here. Well, I don't know whether he remembers that I write for him or not. But uh, <laughs> last time we had him on, last time he was on your show, he seemed to remember reading some of my stuff. So um, I continue to contribute. Um, I th- I think what uh, is interesting to me, and I'm I'm I don't want you guys to think I'm going off the deep end here. If you just think a little bit about what I'm saying, um, it it. 
it kind of makes sense. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the background of what took place in Charlotte, and that is this this desire by some number of people to eliminate our past. And I have written about this on numerous occasions, and I believe if you eliminate your past, you also eliminate your future. Because if you don't know where you're coming from, you have no idea where you're going. So with that said, if we're going to take down all these Confederate general statues, I wonder how the left would feel if we somebody were to suggest that maybe we should rep replace them with all Negro slave statues. We already I, think we ought to, I, I think we ought to uh, replace all the statues with uh, Mr. Potato Head. And what we could do, follow me on this one, what we could do is that uh, depending upon what's in vogue with the current penchants of the lunatics who are arguing about the current statue, then we could exchange different body parts uh, for, like, say, if you worship Obama, you could put some big ears. You could remove Mr. Potato Head's brains and his balls and put some mom jeans on him, put a, a gay Mr. Potato Head companion there. And, uh, yeah, everybody's happy. And then when people switch from that to, like, transsexuals like Caitlyn Jenner, then you can, <laughs> you can just switch them out for whatever reason, and everybody's happy, and we can leave the statues alone. However, I think uh, Dan's correct that we ought to take the statues because the, the historical element, put them in museums so that uh, uh, black people can point to them and say, see those statues in there? Those guys are predominantly Democrats, and they headed up this thing called the Ku Klux Klan, and they also enslaved the majority of, of us uh, back in the day. That was not a Republican vice or sin. It was a Democratic one. Yeah, you know, I've, I've written a lot about that recently, about uh, the the role of the Democratic Party in the Jim Crow laws and the lynchings and, and all the things that happened all the way up to the Civil Rights Act of 64. The Republicans were the, were the, the standard bearers for the black people's rights, and yet we see all of these of these votes at 64 of a predominant uh um, black people voting for Democrats. And in the time, I mean, Lyndon Johnson, when he put in the, the war on poverty, to date, since he put it in place, we spent over $210 trillion, trillion with a T, uh, on the war on poverty. And we, we'd have been better off just to write million-dollar checks for a lot of people, and, uh, and, and the people would be better off, except they didn't, the Democrats, didn't want them to be better off. They wanted them to be dependent on the government. And they still want them to be dependent on the government. And slowly, slowly, as I talk to people in the, in the, on the, in the black communities around the country, they're beginning to realize, wait a minute, we've been had for 50 years. So um, I just did a piece um, that was out, I think, the, either yesterday or this morning on the... Uh, uh, the Democratic Party, from the standpoint of Hollywood's box office, uh, is off this summer by 70%. And and I think part of the reason is, it, is that Hollywood is making the wrong kind of decisions of what the people in the flyover country want to see, and they're not going. They don't care what Hollywood thinks. They're no longer being controlled by the, uh, the elites in Hollywood. If they don't like it, they don't go. And so the coffers of Hollywood to try and stoke the Democratic Party uh, – is not there. They're, they're actually three and a half billion, three and a half million dollars in the hole. And at the last, in the last elections, meaning the November election, the average spend for a seat, regardless of party, average based on the Federal Election Commission is at about $650,000. In the four special elections since the beginning of Trump's term, the average spend is nine and a half million dollars, and they lost four times. So they spent $37 million, which could have been used to try and run campaigns for 54 Congress seats. They blew it in four, and they're out of money.
this, the, the silence is profound, profound, Dan, because you're, you're pointing <laughs> out something. You're pointing out something that uh, the Democrats do not want to uh, recognize, and uh, Republicans don't know, uh, know how to uh, trump it. Um, and, uh, I oftentimes, when I when I'm on different different programs, which are more uh, uh, less uh, to the right than, than this one, um, and listening to the uh, uh, announcers, it's kind of funny. You think you're in two different worlds. So uh, uh, it's amazing. Uh, unfortunately, we're talking, uh, fortunately for us, we're talking to the choir, uh, choir and the people that are convinced. What we have to do is figure a way to talk to, to people that will listen on the other side. And the problem seems to be that people do not want to listen. Well, what are your thoughts on that? If I was a black lesbian, uh, vegan, that has been buying uh, the swill from the left for the last 40 years, living in Detroit. Uh, I don't care how beholden me or my family uh, was for Democrats for the last, you know, four to five decades. I'd be switching teams, man. I'd be reconsidering everything. And I, you look at uh, Trump's job growth, unemployment rates are plummeting. Um, you know, and here these morons want to focus on a statue. You know, instead of uh, the upshot of what he's done to bolster our economy, I would uh, I, I don't get liberalism. I think it's a mental disorder. I don't know why they uh, fixate on minutia and they're completely bypassing the consequential things that Trump has done in what a short seven, eight months in office. So, again, I, I to get inside the liberal mind is something uh, that is definitely beyond my pay grade. Dan, you forgot to mention the NFL. Not only is uh, Hollywood getting rocked, the NFL did last uh, season. Looks like they're going the route of stupid again. And, yeah. uh, you know, I hope they don't mind, you know, ticket sales plummeting and people tuning out. Well, you know, well, yeah. uh, on that score, uh, I've been a New York Jet fan since they were the Titans, and I gave up my season tickets this year for one of those reasons being exactly what you just said. Who wants to see that crap? I just want to relax, drink a beer, smoke a stick, watch some uh, guys smash their heads together and push a pigskin, you know, 100 yards back and forth. The last thing I want to see is our uh, national anthem whizzed on and uh, these Black Panther, Black Power, uh, is uh, Kaepernick's infused by his uh, Muslim girlfriend. I don't want to see that kind of garbage. I get that every day at ClashDaily.com. <laughs> I want to I kick back and relax. Same thing with Hollywood. Who wants to be preached to that we should right. allow you know, a 45-year-old sexually confused guy to, to pee in the same place that a 9-year-old girl does? You know? mm -hmm. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather watch reruns of Clint Eastwood and Steve McQueen and uh, Paul Newman. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I'm watching reruns of NYPD, and it's uh, amazing. Uh, how prescient that that particular show was, even though it was slightly uh, uh, liberal, it really was prescient in all the things that are happening today. Amazing. I tell, you, I tell you one thing that disturbed me. I turned over to the uh, MTV VMAs just to check it out. It's part of my job description, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but they went into uh, prior to the commercial break, sang it throughout the commercial break. Uh, break F Donald Trump. It was the it was the most uh, unfiltered Trump bashing two hours of degradation that really I mean I hate to sound like um, I'm being sensational really uh, concerns me about the future my kids and my grandkids are going to inherit because if those morons ever get into a place of power. Man, we're screwed, glued, and tattooed. They have no semblance of what it means to be an American. They have no appreciation, no understanding about the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and Declaration of Independence. They are fascist uh, to the core. They called for rebellion. They called for uh, resistance. And, um, you know, given the backdrop of Charlotte and uh, Berkeley and all this other Antifa garbage, uh, I think that includes not just verbal protest, but uh, physical destruction of property and end uh, of body parts. You, you know, you're absolutely right. 
But the sad part is that relatively few people can garner national um, uh, headlines. And that's, to me, the part that uh, worries me most. Um, uh, I'm old enough to have worked on the opening of the 1964 World's Fair in New York, where they had the first protest where this group literally stopped the traffic going to the fair, and they got the national publicity they wanted and realized that relatively few people, turned out 24, could do that. And over the years, they've refined their tactics to the point where, if you think about it, what were there, 100 people at the most? Uh, But if you also look at it, did they not resemble the stormtroopers of 1932? Well, absolutely. I mean, I mean, that, I mean, if you compare if you compare uh, ISIS or Al Qaeda or any of the other uh, splinter groups from that voodoo gang over there in the Middle East uh, to what uh, these little Antifa punks and thugs are wearing, I mean, <laughs> there's maybe a different button pattern, maybe a different uh, label on their back pocket, but you know, essentially the same kind of getup, same kind of threatening flags, same kind of bizarre basement type videos where they're promising. Uh, confiscation of property and physical violence to cops, and how in God's name uh, these morons aren't labeled terrorists is beyond me. They do they do way more damage than any kind of goofy neo-Nazi or white supremacist or or, or uh, Ku Klux Klan member. And uh, but there there could be guys uh, a little uh, a little silver lining starting to emerge on the horizon. I don't know if you saw this or not, but yesterday uh, late afternoon, Washington Post of all people, who's definitely no friend of the right, they, they put out that the Antifa uh, morons are violently opposing peaceful uh, conservative protesters or, uh, or something like that at a prayer rally in Berkeley. So that wasn't Fox News. It wasn't Clash Daily. That was Washington Post finally uh, calling those idiots on the carpet for their violent behavior. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a huge uh, uh, denunciation, but, you know, one small step for Washington Post, hopefully one giant leap for the rest of the Democratic media. Yeah, I, I, did a, I did an article. Excuse me, Don, just real quick. No, I did you, an, no, an you article, first. I did an article um, on um, <clears throat> the Antiva uh, being the brown shirts of today, the, the right the radical left thugs of the uh, the Democratic Party, and um, got a lot of got. A lot, I'm sorry, I wasn't on your website, sir, but um, I have eight. I have to keep happy. Um, but it, it was it was I was out in front of this story uh, before any of this before they were they were not, noticed on the national media. Uh, these are really really bad people. And they're anarchists, and uh, what I try to do in my article is to help America begin to understand just how bad these people are. But they're, they're the brown shirts of today. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, 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 Jim, Jiggy, I sent you something. Um, uh, it's a picture of an old man, and I won't read them all. Yes, yes, I got that. I used to think I was just a regular guy, but I was born white. Which, which, whether I like it or not, makes me a racist. I am heterosexual, which, according to gay folks, now makes me homophobic. Uh, I am a Christian, which now labels me an infidel. I believe in the Second Amendment, which now makes me a member of the vast gun lobby. And it goes on and on and on. It's a fast, fascinating piece. I sent it on to Dan. I don't have your um, uh, our guest uh, uh, email. I would send it to him. But the point is, this this thing came across my desk, and I and it goes on and points out how uh, those things. Um, I'm 74. Those things that I grew up believing in are now considered uh, uh, not in the mainstream or uh, racist or whatever, and uh, it's a sad commentary on life. And uh, uh, here in New York, we're going to quote. Uh, uh, change the plaques on our statues, do all of the things that, uh, as Dan points out, change history 
but don't make us remember it. Yeah, and if if uh, if the listeners think that um, that the Antifa crowd is going to stop with these Confederate uh, statues and stuff, which again they probably know zero about, uh, they're going to they're going to move <laughs> they're going to move across the board to everything: music, street names, uh, lakes, counties, uh, schools. The middle school that I went to, uh, we called it junior high back in my day. In, uh, in, in Lubbock, Texas, was called McKenzie Junior High. Our mascot was the Raider. It was named after Colonel McKenzie, who slaughtered the Comanches up in Paladura Canyon. You wait until uh, there's, you know, slippery slope. This is a giant ski slope. Uh, what we're about to go off, if if uh, people don't start turning a deaf ear to these lunatics to man, it's gonna it's gonna put political correctness and pussification on steroids. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm just waiting for them to go after the Dixie Chicks, and this is what I'm really for. The Dixie Chicks are very liberal, uh, bashed uh, uh, George W. Bush, uh, tried to make a fool out of him and uh, because of Iraq. I don't want to get into that, but um, they, uh, they, they definitely are no fr- uh, friend of, fan of conservatives. However, their name is uh, Dixie Chicks. I don't think they were naming themselves after the Dixie Cup, but of the Confederate states that were pro-slavery. And so what we did on ClashDaily.com is uh, we sent, uh, we, we, <laughs> we constructed a post, and then we sent it to the Antifa uh, morons to get them to start fighting against the Dixie Chicks, because there's nothing more that I love better as uh, taking a cat and throwing it among the pigeons and watching fur fly, especially when it's liberal on liberal. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey guys, I got a I got a jet. I got another appointment coming yes. up here. Thank you for not having a me problem. On. I I appreciate right. it, uh, Doug. I I appreciate you having us and uh, <laughs> chatting with us today. Thank you, my friend. You bet. Y'all stay ready. Appreciate it. That, of course, Doug Giles. We've got Dan Perkins and Don Mazzella joining us for the rest of the hour here. Um, Don, you, you had a couple topics you wanted to to run by with with me and Dan. I'll I'll let you start here. Well, the, the number one, I think, uh, uh, and I hope you'll post it on your website, is is this uh, 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 email that I got about this old guy. Uh, I believe in the defense and protection. Uh, it's probably one of the best little things uh, I've seen that sums up where we are today. I am a Christian, which now labels me as an infidel. Um, I think and I reason, therefore I doubt much that the mainstream media tells me. Uh, it, it just goes on and on from there. And uh, I, I, I just feel strongly that, that uh, the basic institutions of America are being attacked. It, it's ironic. Last year we talked about the grave threat that Hillary uh, posed to the, to the nation, but, but we're past her outside of the fact that she feels uh, uh, creepy when uh, – uh, Donald Trump uh, walked across the stage towards her. But uh, uh, all of these things are attacking our fundamental uh, beliefs. We, we can't protest. We can't talk. We can't do anything. Um, and, and everything that is basic. And I'm, I'm very concerned, much more concerned than I was about the election of Hillary Clinton or anything else. Uh, you want to comment, Dan? Yes, I do. Um, I think it's all, all the stuff that's going about the statues and the flags and the protest is all orchestrated to distract the American people and most importantly the mainstream media away from what our guest was just talking about. What has Donald Trump accomplished in his first six months in office? A lot. So the only way they can they can minimize what he's done is to make sure that he gets very little coverage on what he's done. And so Russia becomes, and now uh, that, that the Trump supporters, according to, and I did a piece on this, um, according to CNN, Trump supporters are, are racists. If anybody who voted for Trump is a racist, but also um, a, a white supremacist. And so all of this is done, in my opinion, because the Russia story ran out of gas, and it may implode on the Democratic Party here in the next 
month or so. Um, so they have to go, they have to find um, other things to try and keep the agenda away from the successes of Donald Trump and, and try and make him continue to look like the bad guy. And so it, it, it is a very orchestrated policy that they're doing. And um, I think, though, that the American people um, are getting tired of it. And um, as, as I've said on, 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 Jim, on your show before, I think that what's happening here is that if you look at it and you look at it from the standpoint of how much time has the mainstream media spent on attacking Trump's cabinet officers once they got through the hearings and were voted on? Practically nothing. This is all about the White House. This has nothing to do with the cabinet officers. And so what I think is going on is that Trump set up a play. He's, uh, he's the bad cop, and the, the cabinet officers are the good cops, and the media is going after the bad cops, and uh, he's been able to distract the bad cops to himself and leave the cabinet officers alone to go do what they need to do to make America great. Uh, but I do okay. think that that resistance is going to run out of steam. Well, it is running out of steam, Dan. If, if anything, uh, my... Uh, um, my various uh, appearances across the country and um, the reports I'm getting from from people that I uh, that I trust and have been right in the past uh, the, uh, the, qu- very quietly um, uh, Trump's cabinet members have been, have been uh, instituting the uh, conservative agenda for want of a better word in, in many different respe- uh, uh, respects. Um, in health and education, in in the um, uh, um, EPA, uh, uh, even in, in the la- the labor department, uh, uh, you're going to laugh, uh, fellows. I've been nominated for a, an advisory role in, in at the labor department at ERISA, so that tells you mm. how far it's come. Uh, mm. uh, um, and so uh, things are happening. And uh, you're right, Dan. I think the media uh, tried try to keep the uh, uh, this from the American people, but um, I think the um, uh, the American people have, in their uh, quiet way, uh, listened to it. Even the yeah. uh, polls, uh, listen not listen to what the media said, but listen to what the uh, various departments are doing. And um, even the polls, if you look carefully at the polls, when they say that he has less than uh, 50% approval rating, um, the, what they lump is the people in the right who uh, feel Trump hasn't gone far enough with the people on the left who think he has gone too far and said, well, they're all against them. But that's not it. The fundamental, according to the deep, surveys i've seen the fundamental belief is that uh, trump is do- is doing what they elected him to do which is uh, start to clean out the mess if anybody could ever clean out the mess in in washington or um, but at least uh, stop the, the the downward roll we're seeing it dan whenever you uh, you ask uh, one of our guests on our program what do they say the small business is picking up. Things are happening, mm-hmm. right? Right, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. James, are you there? Yes, just listening along to you guys. What 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 what's going okay, on? Okay, now are, are we still are we doing a five o'clock show today? Yep, or not? we're still going to do the five o'clock show. Okay. We're just taping this today for iHeartRadio. So, uh, okay. uh, Dan, My, what what what, guess, what other topic guess, do you have here for us? Um, <laughs> my topic is that they told me they needed me for 20 minutes, and it's already been a half an hour. 
and I've got an, I've got another interview. Not not a problem. I'll let you go, and I'll and I'll keep talking to I'll keep talking to Don here for uh, for for another but twenty minutes. The, but I, I will, will make the five o'clock. Show. I will see you this afternoon, my friend. I appreciate it. All right. That of course, Dan Perkins with us today. Now, Don, um, there there seems to be a lot going on uh, with this flood and some of these other things that are going on. Um, how do how do you look? How do you rate the president's response and everything to all this, and what the media well, is saying? I, I think my own feeling about about this is that, um, and from what I've heard from uh, various people in in Washington, is Kelly is doing the, the job he was hired to do, which is to uh, uh, gain some control out of uh, 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 of our president. Uh, cl- clearly, um, uh, someone said that uh, Trump got uh, drunk with power of the uh, of using the, the internet to reach people, and then, uh, then realized that he was overstepping uh, uh, its usage. And Kelly has, has has again, if my sources are correct, and they uh, they usually are, but uh, they've been wrong. There is a very strong feeling that. Uh, uh, slowly but surely, um, out of uh, and there wasn't chaos, by the way. It was just a uh, uh, run amok a little bit. The, the order is being restored in the White House. Lines of authority, lines of communication, uh, establishment of uh, uh, priorities, the things that are important. What are priorities right now? Number one, believe it or not, is North Korea. And number two is getting a tax for. Um, some sort of a tax bill uh, in shape to go to Congress uh, and the preparation are being done. And, and by the way, uh, what is crucial is Pence. He's the vice president is, is spearheading that. Um, obviously, it's the uh, matter of what to do with ISIS. It's not far from uh, Trump's uh, uh, mind, uh, whether people uh, realize it or not. Um, and, and number five, but equally as important, is to get Trump to focus on what his wa- he wants his presidency to be. The problem is he did not come in. He came in on an anti-platform, uh, not a pro-platform. And what I mean by that is that he didn't, didn't come in with say this is these are the three things I was going to do. The three things he said he was going to do was uh, uh, repeal Obamacare, um, uh, uh, cut cut the budget somehow or other, and somehow or other cut uh, ISIS. These are cuts. These are not four. Um, he ironically did not come in and say I have an economic plan for America. To get get them moving, and that's one of the things he's got to decide. Uh, the economy itself is um, is is um, uh, writing itself because the, many of the restraints are out of it. We had somebody on our program yesterday, a very uh, a wiser, wiser, older man, who said that the uh, um, uh, the American economy can survive just about anything. It survived World War II, Korea, uh, Depression, and everything else. And it will survive this. It's uh, whether the American people are content for for its incremental increases or wants stronger increases. That's the question, not whether 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 it will be. That was the long answer. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, uh, that 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 was fantastic. We've got uh, Don Mazzella with us today. He joins us live here on iHeartRadio, and uh, we're talking today. Uh, we talked with Doug Giles earlier. We talked with Dan Perkins earlier, and we've got Don Mazzella here for uh, well, a little bit yeah, here. I, I would, you know, the, I I would also like to talk about yes. Um, uh, America's youth. Okay, um, let's jump in there. Give, give us your thoughts on, on, on where things are headed. Well, you know, um, uh, every, once, every once in a while when I grow um, worried about America's youth, uh, I see things or hear things that um, make me kind of uh, 
uh, stand up and applaud and, and, and assume. Uh, it, it's interesting. We are rapidly becoming uh, uh, two or three nations. In the um, the Northeast, uh, we have uh, uh, young kids um, that uh, seemingly do not have um, uh, an understanding of, of uh, America. Yet, when you go to the Midwest, the South, and even the Far West, outside of California, you see a totally different uh, uh, agenda. And what is, does it all come down to? It's the parents. If the parents uh, are concerned. And I'll give you an example. Uh, and it's not meant as anything, but we were at a, we go to one restaurant on the Hudson River, um, fairly regularly. And there are always two groups of, uh, since it's on the river and right near, literally on the river, you see a lot of ducks and, uh, birds, etc. And, uh, um, parents that have kids that are, uh, that are taught to be well behaved, uh, uh, come, you can, you can barely hear them. They enjoy the kids, the birds, etc. They feed the birds, etc. And you barely hear them. Then there are other parents who let the who uh, the kids apparently only get attention by screaming. And uh, and you you know what that can do at uh, when you're when you're sitting there alone. Oh, good lord! And, uh, 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 and what happened yesterday was there were five kids sitting next to us. And I tell you, uh, Jiggy, you you didn't hear a peep out of them. And when they started to yell a little bit, father said to them, "Quiet, there are other people here, okay." Um, and um, it's a small thing, but it's an important thing. <laughs> and and uh, um, it's ironic we saw it in the paper. Um, but if you take it to the next level, like. These robotic competitions that I go to, and you see kids who have mohawks, alongside kids who are dressed in J. Crew clothes, and they're working together. You say to yourself, maybe there is hope for America. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, I, 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 I completely do. I, I'll have to say that uh, you, you, you hit that right on the head. <laughs> there's, there's nothing much that. Well, uh, we, we try. We we observe. The other thing that's happening, and it, it's on. Um, it, it, it's I think fortunate. Our our older people are working longer. Now may, it may be out of necessity, but it's also giving a leavening effect to uh, to this workforce, because um, uh, you know I see a lot of. Uh, Books come or uh, authors come across my uh, uh, computer to, uh, arguing this or that. But the interesting thing is that uh, the, for the last five years we've uh, they've argued about having open workspaces and how everybody should be collaborative. Well, it's turning a little bit now because older people still like a little bit of privacy and can't go to it. But what's the really interesting thing is I saw the first article that I say today that said, well, maybe it's not such a good idea that we're always in constant con contact with each other. Maybe we need time to uh, sit back alone and be reflective in our work. And uh, I also see that as a major change. It's the first article I've seen on it in five years, even advocating that. So that's another thing. If you want to talk about changes in America, well, we see that that's 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 something that uh, I I want to spotlight here. Give give us your thoughts on on how things are kind of changing and how you've seen things change and either for better or for worse, my friend. Well, um, uh, clearly since uh, uh, President Trump's election, things have gotten better. Um, you you know we have this. Uh, small business program and uh dan always asked the questions putting our guests sometimes on the spot well is the economy good better or not or getting better and the answer is people are saying uh every place i go uh people are saying 
things are better because the, there's uh, despite the, uh, Berkeley and, and Charlottesville, etc., people feel as if the country is moving in a in a better direction. I won't say a different direction. I'd say better direction. People uh, are are willing to uh, spend money. People are willing to to uh, hire people. That's the other. I think key thing that uh, is not being uh, highlighted enough. Um, there are still, uh, what, what the figure is, 78 million or 90 million. There are still a lot of people who have given up work, but there are also a lot of people who are being hired to do. But not, and this is the thing that's really important. They're not being hired at the same level they were before. And, and once you swallow your pride on that point and say uh, a job is better than the job, uh, uh, things happen. And maybe you have to start all over again. Uh, but, you, you know, in, a, in the long run, this is what this country is all about. Uh, you start at the bottom and you work up. We've unfortunately, in a, in a group of our younger people, the, the people that – that are between 20 and 35, we've built up such expectations with them, and and uh, their idols are those get-rich-quick uh, people who have made it uh, on the, in the Internet. Um, uh, and what have they done? They've created something from nothing. Uh, yesterday's Wall Street Journal had a story about how Bitcoin are going to be worth five, uh, $500,000 of Bitcoin in a few years. But bitcoins are nothing but electronic impulses. There's nothing of value behind them. Uh, and, uh, but we have built up these expectations. We talk about uh, uh, Zucker is going to run for president. What has he done? He stole an idea from two, uh, twins, twins and built up a company. And he can't even run that company. Uh, he has to hire people to do it. And he's going to run for president. Uh, you know, these are the kind of things that uh, uh, we have to look at. Uh, you know, I, I addressed a class for last year, last week, and I mentioned Horatio Alger. Yes. And they looked at me with totally blown, um, uh, blind eyes. They had never heard of them. Um, th- uh, um, there was an interesting uh, thing of parody. Someone asked them, uh, who was Mussolini and who was Hitler? Which was which? And I sat there and said, my God, are we that far removed? Then I realized we are. We are as removed today from World War II as you and I were as kids were removed from the Franco-Prussian War or the, the Cuban-American War. So uh, uh, the, the world has changed remarkably. And... Um, for the better, I don't know. I uh, I, I do a, a, a when I was in Vietnam, I had to beg, borrow, steal uh, in order to call home uh, my mother or to call my office uh, as, as a reporter. Today, you you can broadcast from the uh, from the battlefield. You can I can sit here. You can and uh, you have a studio. I do it all from my computer in my uh, yeah. uh, 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 home studio. Uh, uh, is it better? I, I think so, but but uh, but it's been a terrible price price we paid. No one sits out on the porch anymore. Um, Maynard Jackson was the first black mayor of uh, Atlanta, and he said a very interesting, which was true. He said whether you were white or black in Atlanta when he was growing up, if you did something wrong, the neighborhood mothers would tell your mother, and you knew you were going to get it. Today, you could, they, they had a murder in, uh, it was in today's paper in Fargo, North Dakota, where uh, the, these people murdered a woman for her baby, and no one reported it. But it, it, things have changed. And, um, but, but as uh, uh, um, and history teacher said, when he's referring to Tsar Nicholas I, he said, uh, I'd much rather, uh, who was at the top of the rug, he said, I'd much rather be living today at the bottom of the rug 
because we're so much better off, and we are. <laughs> yes. Well, well you yeah, know, and, uh, and you're uh, correct we, on that. Uh, we are, but we should. Uh, uh, and the I think the other thing, I'm, you know, I'm not a religious man by nature, uh, but you know, we should be thanking God, who's looked after this republic for uh, over two centuries. And uh, my father, as you know, is, was an immigrant to this country. Yep. And when he, in his later years, I said, would he like to go back on a visit? He said, no, this is where um, I'm, I'm going to die. This is what I, I am. He did not want to go back. Why? Because it was so different. Um, and this was so much better. So, um, uh, you know, uh, this immigration policy... Uh, I knew we were going to win the, uh, the Cold War because no one was uh, jumping ship to get into Russia. They were all <laughs> jumping ship to come into, uh, into here. And uh, <clears throat> I, I, uh, you know, I could go on and on, Jiggy. If you want to ask me a question, go right ahead. Well, <laughs> well, well, Don, uh, um, the, the, the thing that I've always wondered about, and, and Doug Giles brought it up earlier. Dan brought it up earlier. You've talked about this. It it just seems that uh, the youth of today they 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 want to you know in embrace the you know we're going to stand up against Trump and we're going to do all these things and it's like well okay you could have went and voted. <laughs> That's the thing I don't understand is that that, that they're going to resist, but they're only going to resist so far. Well, that that's very very true, and uh, uh, I only wish we could look at the voting records of these uh, of these various uh, people in here. We have always uh, in this country resorted to the ballot box. It's interesting if you what was the uh, the major issue uh, before the Civil War: slavery and extension. And how do we resolve it all the time? We resolved it by the ballot. And when when we gave the the uh, um, victory to Abraham Lincoln, somebody some people actually tried to assassinate him as he tried to move uh, to Washington. But but in the end, we 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 all accepted the, the vote uh, the the uh, the verdict of, of the the ballot box. Well, we had to convince the southern states. By force of arms, but once we did, and they came back in. Uh, 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 in my view, the Civil War is not fought over slavery; it was fought over the idea of uh, a state's rights, and uh, which is the Southern inter- interpretation. Because slavery, as many Southerners at that time uh, pointed out, was by and of itself an uneconomical system in the long run. Yes, and, uh, which proved, but but for the Virginians and South Carolinians, it was the states' rights issue, and uh, maybe uh, even Abraham Lincoln said, "Let's send them all to Liberia, um, uh, let's send all the blacks back." They themselves didn't want, not want to go. Uh, I'm now I'm talking. Uh, you, you and I might get hung for this one, but uh, which is a sad commentary on, on life. Because when I when I was, uh, I, you know, and I have a master's degree and all but a Ph.D. in American history. And when I taught, uh, was going to school, we could argue these issues in the classroom without fear that we could not walk outside and have a soda together or a cup of coffee. In today's um, uh, classroom, you could not do that. But you, uh, uh, I have dinner once or twice a week with someone who always points out, he's a West Point graduate, that the Civil War was fought by white, primarily by white men and women who uh, on both sides. And that, uh, 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 yes, we, uh, we, uh, 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 we perhaps did not go as far as we should, but uh, it, it took time. And once we... Once Americans perceive a problem, they find ways of solving it. But it, but it is interesting. I just saw a statistic yesterday that despite all of the affirmative actions um, that have occurred in, in the 
the 50 odd years since 1964, the number of black participants in in higher education and Hispanic uh, participation has actually gone down. That really? appeared in yesterday's uh, New York Times. So, that's a that's a, that's a very interesting fact there, Don. Yes, we want to bring it up to, uh, tonight at five o'clock. Mm. We can, but yes, but you know, and and you sit there and say, given all of this, why? Okay, and well, we can lay it to one thing: the lack of of uh, public education in the in the inner cities, most of which are controlled by Democrats. Uh, I always point out I'm a product of the Newark, Newark school system, and there 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 were when I um, uh, about 190,000 students in um, Newark school system when I went to went there, um, and there were at the time 83 administrative officials. Today. With 120,000 odd students, there are now almost 600 administrative stu- people. Does that tell you something? <laughs> okay. um, uh, so uh, we our public school, I, whatever success I have in this world, be- began with the fact that that a teacher made a stay, a uh, volunteer to teach us how to take the the SATs. And improve my score to the point where I could get to got into Princeton. As a matter of fact, I was accepted. And uh, but they but then my counselor never told me that uh, uh, if Princeton accepts you, they will find a way for, for you to pay for it. So I took a scholarship to Georgia Tech instead. But the point I made in that time that school system was made up. Of dedicated teachers who made sure we knew we we, we learned in today's uh, school system it seems that that for, for whatever reason they can't make the students learn now whether it's the fault of the uh, parents the, the environment I don't know I can't tell you but um, uh, um, when I taught at Her- Herbert Lehman College which was uh, part of the city school system and uh, college system in New York. I had a class that was uh, 40% black, 40% Hispanic, and the rest mixed. And it was the best class I ever had taught, and I've taught at some pretty prestigious schools. Why? Because those kids were there. They wanted to learn. They were first-generation and they wanted to learn, and they, they just said, give us the tools. And uh, I spent uh, two happy terms there. But unfortunately, I ran afoul of the fact that, uh, I, I don't, I'm being immodest here, I was too <laughs> challenging because I, I wanted them, They I said, "Don't. I'm not going to teach down to your level. You're going to learn up to my level. That's awesome. <laughs> that is fantastic. It is Don Mazzella with us today. And uh, Small Business Digest. Also, uh, check out uh, uh, Don is all over the place online. His books are available on Amazon. And uh, Don, I will talk to you a little bit later this afternoon, my friend. Thank you for having me and putting up with me. <laughs> You're appreciated, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Don Mazzella with us today. We love Don Mazzella. We're going to take a uh, brief time out. And we will see you tomorrow on our big broadcast.